I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And I'm not going away, but some dirty Northern punts to spit all over me. He spits over me. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting to you live from the car park of the Kassam Stadium, Oxford. It's actually, it's, uh, it's three sides of... Um, three sides of stand attached to a, a quite a nice car park and almost one of the better car parks I've ever seen I'm sat sitting next to the the jewels in the crown of TLR of the olden days Reggie Spooner say hello to the wristers Reggie hello and Winston Kadogo that's me yeah hello as well I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of them they both retreat from the microphone quicker than the Oxford Ultras whose banners I see down the other end of this this very bizarre three-sided stadium um, it's a time for heroes, they say. You're not alone. Glory awaits you forever and always. And the providers of that glory forever and always will be the Oxford Ultras. There we are. We've got the banners behind the home end. <laughs> so welcome to today's show, listeners. This is Abdul Mill. My name is Nick Hart. You knew that already. Today's Mill team features Jordan Archer in goal. Central defenders Tony Craig and Byron Webster. Then we've got Marlon Romeo on the right. Shane Ferguson, presumably on the left. Central defence in the midfield is going to be Ben Thompson, Shane Williams. With O'Brien on the right side of him and Fred on the left up front. Of course, Ferguson and Morrison. Uh, Ferguson and Morrison. Morrison and Gregory losing the clock. You're going to have to apply, once again accept my apologies, dear listeners. I've been down with the, uh, the plague all week. I had the same plague I had last week. I'm still here, got it now. I've got one ear missing. Half my face blighted with plague scars I'm rambling Lions fans sat in the side stand I don't know what it's called it's probably called the, uh, the character list stand to match all the other th- uh, two character list stands here strange atmosphere it's, it's, um, it seems very quiet somehow it's in keeping with the business park and science parks so I've just walked through from my uh, parked car Achtung Mailball wearing blue and white striped shirts, white shorts, white stockings today. Oxford in their traditional yellow and blue, of course. Drove into this um, quite rural, quite pleasant place, actually. It's, it's kind of leafy business and science park land around here. Um, I drove in, though, through the, what was once, I guess, Cowley. 
the old um, uh, motor manufacturing plants, once upon a time British Laden, now all BMW, um, sign of the times, yes of course it is. Once upon a time though it was the major site centre of uh, British car manufacturing. Red Robbo, do you remember Red, Red Robbo, Reggie? Red Robbo, Red yeah. Robbo, Derek Robinson. The old Age of Strikes. The old Age of Strikes, that's right, 1970s. He was, um, he was like uh, one of Daily Mail's hate figures for the younger listeners, don't know what we're talking about. He was a uh, shop steward at the Cowley Motor Works under British Leyland, the old nationalised car manufacturers. And Red Robbo ran right, he kept calling them out on strike left, right and centre, and in the end the Germans occupied the premises and took it over. And there we are, that's a little potted history of British industrial history in the last 30 years, the demise of British Leyland. Away we go. Ferguson launches a huge Howitzer Morrison, it runs clear. As a hush falls over the stadium. Comes Romeo down the right. There's a few saucy remarks from the Oxford manager prior to today's game about they've not been practicing defending against long balls launched at strikers. The ball across the Oxford box has a head over there from um, Steve Morrison. A few little nippy remarks from the Oxford manager Appleby, his name is. I don't know if he's in relation to Mel and Kim. Um, some RIP, I think. No, they're both gone there. Mel and Kim. Um, Mel and Kim both gone. Sad if so. I hope I haven't offended anyone with that. Michael Appleton, nothing to do with Mel and Kim. They were Appleby, the head coach of Oxford, is Michael Appleton. So disregard all those things I said about Mel and Kim. The far side stands in the north, and the home side is one, one length of the pitch. The far side is a home end. It's got a curiously den-like look to it. It's got uh, the same design as all of our um, you know, two main stands at the dens. all across the Oxford box there from Williams there. It looks very much like uh, the plans have been stolen, perhaps by some Oxford sleeper agent when the, from when the den was constructed back in 1993. Some early threat from the lines going down the right, but nothing uh, massive to report to you as we go past the six minutes, dear listeners. Six minutes of very little. In fact, a very quiet kind of um, pastoral scene, almost, one might say, with the trees going gold in the autumn, the beautiful parked cars and the... Wonderful vistas across the Hollywood Bowl and the Hollywood Bar and Diner to divert your attention from what has so far been a fairly quiet game. Nice work by Fred on the halfway line. I think Twisty Tony runs for He's got Morrow on the inside of him. Trying to find a one-two. Can Morrison not get a shot away? He's got wide left his own. Across the middle of the, of the penalty area. That's um, took deflection away in the six and a half minute mark. Probably Mill's best move so far from the inventiveness of Fred on the halfway line. Here's the eight on the left-hand side, the right-hand side as they attack. So trying to string passes around across our middle of the uh, penalty line. They've got a little bit of a chance to cross in from the right and the left as they attack. Nice work by the winger, the ten, gets a chance to cross in. There's a seven in front of goal, deflected wide. Real opportunity there for Oxford on 11 and a half. It's seven pivoted, 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 or pivot, pivoted inside the penalty area and that shot was deflected behind for a corner. A bit of sustained possession for Oxford's last few years, and finally they put it out with a misplaced pass after all that. Barcelona, they're not, but they, uh, they, they're, they're style like so many has to hold possession and try and kill you with the ball forwards. That one went badly right, however. 15 minutes, Oxford on the attack again over on the, their left. Lions fans trying to get a little bit of um, spirit into the day's machines. It's a very quiet stadium, quite hard with one open ends, quite hard to get. A few football field going, but Lions fans doing their best. 
Oxford keeping possession. They're starting to come into at least the past few minutes. That's going to go for a corner. It's the 16th when it goes past. Look, I don't know if I'm sounding slightly weird to you, listeners. I've had a bug, as you probably know. I try not to make a big thing about it. I just broadcast it on two shows now. Um, but it's, it's kind of gone to my ear. It's made me slightly deaf in my right ear, which is an odd experience, let me tell you. Um, it gives you a kind of a lopsided feeling for the world. I don't know if I'm sounding loud or stupid or insensible. Well, I don't know how I'm sounding. His ball into the middle of that's going to be taken by Jordan Archer in 16 minutes. Long ball for he finds Lee Gregory. He's stride. Here goes Gregory. 16 minutes into the box. Oh! It's wide of the posts. Should have been a goal. Real opportunity for six on, on 16 half from Lee Gregory. It was a classic break out of defence. Straight down the middle. Gregory took it in his stride. Flipped it wide of the goalkeeper on the right hand side of the goal. Must have gone wide of the post. Big chance missed there for Lee Gregory. 16. Another uh, ambitious long range shot from Morrison on the halfway line practically. That one was. Well wide, well wide. I think you know, Aussie rules it would have been a, a one point. Just trying to work out the dates on the uh, on the home stands. 1893, presumably. Formation of Headington United. Tim, yeah, Headington, Tim, United, Tim, Headington United. United. And Robert Graham. Yeah. 1949, we're a bit mystified with. Um, creation of the Federal Republic of Germany is all I can think of. I don't think they had anything to do with Oxford. Ben Thompson over to Romeo whilst we're waffling on, on the right-hand side. Little one-two with, um, with uh, Fred. 1953, Tim. 1953. Stan Matthews Cup final. It's 2004. 1953. We're doing all dates. What was that? Stanley Matthews Cup final. I'll go for Southern League. Or well, your, bir your birthday, mate. 63, 61, 60. I'll go for Southern League. 60 or Southern League champ. That's a good call. 68 coming in my league. Um, 68 would be what? The, they came into the league? Or? Yeah, they took Atkins and Stanley's place. Did they? Yeah, Nackman and Stanley took theirs. 1984, did they not win the League Cup one year around about then? 86. 86. 85, uh, 84, 3rd Division, 85, 2nd Division. Right, there we are. 86, that's it. 2010, presumably, when they came back into the Football yeah, League. Yeah, that's it. We're just missing out Ron Atkinson's use of the N word on that. 2004. On that. 2004, that was. Uh, the, no, no plaque for that one, unfortunately. As you can tell, 20 minutes gone, not a huge amount been happening in the game. Lions continue their bombardment style, whilst um, Oxford are trying to pass the ball a little bit more. Just looking at some of the ultras banners down at the home end, you're not alone and time for heroes. Those are Bowie references, heroes obviously, that was being played before the game. You're not alone though, is that not the end of rock and roll suicide? Oh no loves, you're not alone. Give me your hands, your Hammersmith Odin and that kind of stuff, I don't know what that's got to do with Oxford. Forza United, that's the old Italian has the, uh, the kind of ultra-obsession for big Italian. Forza United, what that old tosh. Halfway through the first half, we'll win a free kick just inside their own half. Um, we, we are obviously much, much more direct than Oxford. Oxford are trying to pass more. I think we've looked more dangerous going forwards. They have had a couple of moments going down the wings, but a couple of more shots on goal from the lines so far. Beautiful little side kick off. Freddy gets clattered to the outrage of the North fans over the far right from where we're sitting. No, yellow card there for the Oxford, the Oxford defender there. That was a beautiful flick pass there from Steve Morrison into the path of Fred. It's a curiously librarian-style atmosphere in the ground. It really is quite hard to get any atmosphere going at all. Football hasn't exactly rewarded it, but um, at the same time, it's very open. There's one end missing, as I've said. Um, the corners are akin to the den, but there's no kind of intensity like you get at the Millwall. Um, maybe it's in keeping with the city's academic traditions. I don't know, but it does feel a little bit like Bodleian Library which is probably a few miles away from here. This is on the, uh, the kind of uh, business park side of town. 
uh, the leafy uh, suburban areas of Oxford. 27 minutes gone. No one the attack. Just thinking, Oxford were once upon a time under the ownership of um, Robert Maxwell back in the 80s. Long time. Also went on to own. Um, he was a publishing magnate, wasn't he? Big um, dyed hair, jet black. Um, a bit larger than life was always the thing the words used about him, but uh, crooked, basically, I think was probably a better description. Went on to own Derby County, the Daily Mirror, and plundered their pension fund before being found floating in the waters of the Atlantic off of his yacht um, with a financial investigation in hot pursuit of him. Uh, Charlatan, I think, is probably the best way. But they, he owned Oxford United at one point. Came up some harebrained scheme to combine Oxford and Reading into one club and form the Thames Valley Royals, I seem to remember. Crooked to the core. As ever in this country, we put him in positions of power. He's into the mix there, it's bobbing around. Morrison couldn't get on the end of it on the 29th minute. Oxford down the left hand wing now, the man picking a three run, that's going to be 1 0. Backed off and backed off and backed off. Tony Craig backed off, gave the man a free run into the penalty area, slammed home from close range from the cross. Terrible, terrible defending by Tony Craig. Awful defending by Tony Craig. Pinned that one on Craig's account. This is 30 minutes gone. Marlon gone missing. The man seemed to run in and run in an immense amount of time. Craig seemed to stand there like a, a, a rabbit. Got a yellow flare. Pyro. Pyro in the house. Yellow flare's got down the end of the uh, stand Did you hear that as well? What a strange place this is. Once again, Mill's defensive issues exposed. Uh, Marlon was nowhere to be seen on the right side. Um, the, man, the winger, who I spoke about earlier, looking dangerous. Seemed to have an immense amount of time to run in, unchallenged along the byline. Craig seemed to be just standing there watching him in my memory. I'll have to see it again. I might be disparaging the man. And across, across the goal, which just tapped into the far post for one nil. Awful, awful goal to concede. Just looking at the tweet here from Dan, who we let a bloke run along the line along the six-yard box. Uh, run along the line into the six-yard box, three defenders in the box, and none can pick up the one Oxford player scores. Poor defending, as Dan says. Fantastic goal, Steve Morrison out of nowhere. He catches it full on the ball, just outside the penalty area. Slams it home with a dipping shot, just outside the third penalty area. 35 minutes, the lines are level from out of nowhere. Absolutely out of nowhere. That ball was bobbling around down there. Morrison catches it on the volley from the D. It kind of curved into the far right side of the goal. Beautiful goal from Steve Morrison. There we are, out of nowhere, the line's back in it after that awful defensive work earlier on. As ever, our most dangerous player, Steve Morrison, really is a player that we cannot do without. That was beautifully taken, absolutely beautifully executed volley from outside the penalty area. Wonderful to see. I'd like to see that one again on, on YouTube. I want to see the defensive awfulness that produced the first goal, but that was actually fantastic. A little bit of life now from the Lions fans. As we come down to the last few seconds of the first half, it's been probably even, I suppose. Um, Oxford would probably regard themselves as having to try to play football in the conventional sense, whereas we obviously rely on our counter-attack long ball out of defence. Um, there is a half-time whistle, one or one at the break. Um, the Lions not been bad apart from that awful, awful piece of defensive work to concede the free kick. If only ever been for that, I'd have said that was not a bad half of football from the Mill perspective. As it is, it took a beautiful goal by Steve Morrison, a volley, to bring us back evens, and we're going to break half time at one each. Achtung, Mehlball. 
few half-time tweets for you, dear listeners. <laughs> they were backing off. They're running away from me. Anyway, what do I care? Mill halfway line says Appleton has set up with a very fluid forward line and we are struggling to keep our shape. Morrison's goal with my moment of the season so far, says the Mill halfway line. And he continues here. Good movement going forwards. It's been good to see us pressing more. Remain fragile at the back, don't we? Uh, don't we? Omar, Ronane, Omar Ronane says, can't complain going forwards, but the same old story defensively. We're not going to get anywhere with these defences. Lapses, says Omar. The away end had the perfect angle for that goal. Fucking amazing from Morris, says Dan. Grumpy Grimace says, a pretty even half. A soft goal to give away. More goals yet in this one, he sees. Mill trying to play at AOB, looking like a lost lamb. Half-time report from Mark Mitchfield says Circum, Harry Circum, is there not on the goons or is it Seacum? Open the scoring for the U's, but Morrison Stunner levelled the scores. Harry Warren says that AOB, uh, Aidan O'Brien, has been quiet so far. I've done more work for Mill by being on CBL Magazine's Acton Mill show this season than AOB has done the last two away games. And one here from Mark Mitchfield, what a fucking goal, Steve Morrison, then three exclamation marks. Couldn't put it better myself. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. A little light ripple of applause, greet the lines as they come out for the second half, dear listeners. Mark Mitchell reporting 934 Mill fans here in a crowd of 7,900. 944 to be exact. I think the, the capacity is about 12,000. Most of the stand is divided between as a home section, there's like a cordon sanitaire, I think is the literal term, between uh, the home fans and the Mill fans in this side, so it's about 8,000 in here today. A bit of French there for you. you know, try and raise your standards, don't you? Second half's kicked off in strange circumstances where I'm sitting, there's a debate about Steve Morrison's effeminate voice. He's, he was seen on the um, uh, the Football League show, apparently, and I must admit, I've, when I've heard him speak on the uh, Lions Live radio, uh, for a man of, um, you know, some kind of uh, hardness demeanor, hard demeanour, shall we say, He's got a curious East End hairdresser voice, um, kind of like a strange kind of effeminate twang, I'd say. Yeah, definitely, big time. Yeah, odd, a little odd combination. Polar opposite of his... Yeah, a bit like that. Ooh, you know, I don't want to do that. That kind of voice. Anyway, as long as he keeps on scoring the goals, we don't care about that, because this is the modern football world, and we don't care about anyone's um, private life. Lovely little dink through from Morrison there, but the linesman in league with the devil gives it offside. All you, all you referee followers out there. Roger East, I've never heard of Roger, Roger East. East. Yeah, Roger top, East. Yeah, that's it. He's a top Premier ref. He's a top Premier ref. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Roger East, that's yeah, who he is. Yeah. All you referee fetishists. Take my word for it, yeah. Are, are, there, ref, are there referee fetishists out there? There might be. Yeah, I fancy referees. I think Winston's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has posters of referees on his bedroom wall. I have bedroom a night, but that's it. <laughs> Tap down the right-hand side from the Oxford winger. That's across the box and Marlon heads it clear. 48 minutes. He goes Romeo, cuts in, he finds Morrison, can't control the ball, knocks in hard. This is Romeo, wins it back, lovely stuff. Across the box, it falls to O'Brien. 2-1! Aiden O'Brien from the left-hand side, slams it home. Fantastic goal, well taken, Aiden O'Brien. 49 minutes, Lions lead it, 2-1. Well, Romeo's worked that away inside the creator, the instigator of that moment. Beautifully finished by Aiden O'Brien as well. Nicely stuff, nice, nicely done. That's where O'Brien's good, isn't it? He's got that. 
Aidan O'Brien's goal comes at a fortuitous moment. I was just, well, my mind was wandering onto Inspector Morse and the Oxfordshire countryside, and that's taken it away from that uh, mildly boring subject. So 50 minutes. Midsummer murders cast in this area as well, really. Murder capital of, of Britain. Lions fans in full voice. Lions fans scrutinised by a fair old police turnout today. There's two uh, to my left with their truncheons are dangling, akin to sex toys, scrutinising the Lions fans further along the stand from me. I think where some of the chaps are located. Oxford corner, right hand side, 52 minutes. Here comes deep, that's headed wide. Free header, skin header, went some, some distance wide in the event. Got the video in going from the policeman down there as well to my right. Not me, I hasten to it. We want that. Stolen video uh, via the Metropolitan Police, or Thames Valley Police. That's an Oxford corner. Just I was looking at some chaps doing like a poor man's version of Jews Hill. Uh, on the other side of the car park, stood on top of like a, a raised flower bed of some sort. Um, it's going to be a free kick, sorry, excuse me, on the right hand side to Oxford. 58 minutes on the clock. Chance for them to loft it in. This must be the only bit of the pitch they can see from that vantage point. The furthest end. It runs clear. Comes Fred crossing the halfway line. Cuts inside, got two men on it. Still go through. Still get corner. Mill corner. Nice little run from Fred. He had Gregory on the inside of him. Two men in the attention. Uh, couldn't get the ball across to Gregory. Would have been a certain goal if he had. But as it is, he wins a corner. Nice work by Fred there. 58, 59 minutes on the cup. Then it comes. Curving round, the goalkeeper punches at it and it runs away to the 10 on the far side. Fantastic defensive work. Shoulders his man up, he gets a yellow uh, flag from the, the linesman. Fantastic defensive work by Steve Morrison there, though, however. Nice work by O'Brien, brings it out for defence. It goes, runs off for a three, nice little dribble and run there. Standing his ground from Aidan O'Brien. Another ball into the mix there, that's headed away. Falls to Lee Gregg. That's a beautiful take, take and turn, puts Fred through on the, on the left-hand side. What can Fred do? He's coming into shot on goal. Uh, taken in the end quite easily enough. It was a too tight angle from Fred as the 64th minute approaches there. Um, goalkeeper took it quite comfortably in the event. There's an opportunity there for Fred to break through. Probably further forwards, more inside he needed to be. New substitution, Joe Martin coming in, Aidan O'Brien leaving the game. I didn't think O'Brien played that badly. I know that... Um, he has his critics out there. I thought he's done quite well. Beautifully taken goal to put us ahead. As it is, Joe Martin's going to come. He's probably going to drop further back into defence, pushing Sh uh, Sean Ferguson, Shane Ferguson, Sean Ferguson further forwards. Halfway through the second half, Lions still in the lead, 2-1. Um, Oxford seem to be coming out a little bit more in their, in their kind of passing and, and wing play style. We're still looking for the long ball. So far, so good. Police lines forming up outside the stadium. But, uh, Detachment of the local horse horse regiment in town. Who's uh, in full right gear, awaiting the exit of the Mill fans in 15 minutes' time at the moment. 75 minutes. Lions still lead it two to one. It's been a very um, battle of the me mediocre in the second half, a large part. But the Lions are prevailing in that battle of mediocrity at the moment. Dennis comes Oxford down the left hand side. They've looked dangerous when they've attacked us down the wings. A lot of balls flying back and forth across our penalty area with no um, no danger so far this is bobbing around still as the shot is scuffed it's gone over the bar onto the crossbar wow 
kind of a scuff shot, hit the floor and went up and looped and hit the top of the crossbar. It's gone for a pull, it must have got a, a, a clattering off a mill defender in there as well. 76 minutes, big opportunity there for Oxford. Another mill will change, who's just coming in? Looks like Huff, Butcher's coming in. Butcher for Gregory. Looks like we're consolidating midfield. Shoring it up, I think is the expression. Shoring it up, underpinning it, underpinning it. Marlon coming down the right as Mill attack. Little one-two of Steve Morrison. Nicely done. Marlon tries to take it in stride. Can't. Does keep it in. Brilliantly, brilliantly done. Flattered, I thought. No penalty there. He almost ran it through on his own. Brilliant play by Marlon Romeo. Just too many bodies in, in front of him on 80 minutes. In fairness, Mill defending it well. Apart from that aberration in the first half, we've looked pretty solid as the half's gone along. This is Morrison. Got Fred on the inside of him. This is Ben Thompson with the edge of the penalty. He cuts across. Will he try a shot? He will. It's over. Over the bar into the car park. And it hits a Renault Scenic and then bounces around on the roof of a couple of cars out there. There's a few, that'll set a few car alarms off in that, in that car park area. Oxford fans screaming for handball from a, a right-sided cross. Hit Joe Martin. Corner's been given, but they're screaming for a handball. Can't tell you from this distance away. 83rd minute, another chance for Oxford to lob the ball into our box, into the danger zone. And it comes, that's flicked away by Steve Morrison. It's missed, missed the shot, mistimed, shall we say. Just be generous. So it was mistimed. It's gone for a goal kick. I've got to say, the Oxford Ultras have invested a lot in banner work. They've got a lot of banners going at the back of their home end. What happens to the banners during the daytime? Do they, do they stay there all week? Or are they uh, put in the garage? What, what becomes of the lonely banner? Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Chopper hovering above the Kassam Stadium. Ali Kassam, of course, was a famous end-of-peer magician. It's akin to Tommy Cooper. And the stadium's been named in his honour. Ali Kassam. Yellow and blue helicopter. Maybe it's club branding. Hovering above the ground at the moment. Ready for the uh, departure of the uh, Viking Halls. Beautiful back heel there by... Steve Morrison frees Fred and gets clattered. Referee don't give anything there. The 33 was all over him. 86 minutes in the clock. Lions leading it 2-1. Air Mobile hovers above us, ready for the uh, playing of the Ride of the Valkyries, no doubt. Going on that helicopter up there. Charlie's Beach. Charlie don't surf. Beautiful little inside layoff there by Steve Morrison. As the 87th minute approaches the 88th, this is Ben Thompson surging. He's got no one in front of him at the moment. There's no, with the departure of Gregory, there's no one foraging forwards for him. That's going to be a goal kick. Third mill substitute is going to be um, 26 uh, Williams going off. Ben Thompson, excuse me, 26 coming in. It's a Jimmy Abdu. Big round of applause for Ben Thompson. You can hear it. One of our own. late in the game, Mill soaking up the pressure yet again, lots of possession, Oxford on the right hand side as we look, trying to work space, the cross comes in, that's taken in the event by Jordan Archer, a lot of Oxford possession second half, look Mill have absorbed a lot of pressure after going that goal ahead, um, I think we played quite well, in all, all things considered in the second half, um, Oxford have lacked the killer punch in front of goal for all that possession, um, at the moment Mill are on the attack, I'll stay with this while I'm talking, Ball over the top, he tries to find Fred, it bounces. Can Fred win anything here? He's been held. Wiseman's given it the other way. 
Fred's played well for me today. Morrison up front, of course. We know what we're going to get with Morrison. I think Marlon has also done well down the, the right side. Thompson's played well. I think I'll pick out um, Morrison as my man of the match for his general contribution. But uh, mentions for Fred today as well. And, and Williams as well, also done his, done his bit. It's been a decent um, overall real performance. Um, I just can't, um, can't shift my mind off that first goal, which was um, an aberration as I described it, but we've got to look at the positives. We've got to focus on the positives. Into the box, free header on goal there in front of Archer, who took it straight into his arms. That was an opportunity for Oxford. Side cross headed straight at Jordan Archer in the event. No catch a, catch a break there. Fred done well to win a free kick there as we come into the last minute of injury time. I think I might make him my man of the match actually. I'm, Morrison gets it a lot. I'm going to make Fred my man of the match today. That was a, that was a real um, committed effort there for him to win that free kick late, late, late in the game. He's balls forward now, finds Morrison, runs it into the corner again. Got two men in attendance. He's retains possession, it falls to Butcher. Almost frittles it through to Morris in front of goal. It's still down this end. This is Fred. He goes flying. Professionally goes flying. Nicely done by Fred. He's learning his train. 30 seconds to go. And now the Oxford man's having a little bit of a go at the lines. And that's what the Norwell fans want to see. Little free kick from the right side. Professionally done now. Yeah, I, I, I think I will change my mind. Fred on your dimmer. Man of the match. That was professional work by Fred that was dark art stuff there to win that free kick to hopefully effectively kill the game there it is 2-1 with the Lions good win good second half performance by Millwall we're soaked up immensely as a pressure there from Oxford who never really had any classic edge great performance overall by the Lions good away day the Lions fans go home happy 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Are you tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries huge welcome onto the show to mark litchfield welcome back mark been a little while mate Hello, everybody. Yeah, nice to be back on. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Uh, you're welcome, especially on the back end of a of a really good, a really strong two-one win up at Oxford today. I thought it was actually well, uh, one of our best performances. I noticed David Livermore said the same after the game today. It was a good, strong all-round performance. I felt. Yeah, very much so. I mean that uh, <clears throat> those that were at Northampton as well will probably say that was um, strong, if not stronger than today. But we very much deserved the win, and also to come from behind. Yeah. Being one 0 down, which I believe is the first time in the league this season, um, that's also a massive plus as well. Obviously, yeah. I mean, contrasting with the Northampton is a good contrast actually, because a great win there, Mark. But that slightly fell into our laps with the sending off, and there was a, I don't know, there was a sense that um, we, we worked for it, but it was almost uh, given to us slightly by refereeing decisions, which today's wasn't. Today's was. You know, all of our own efforts in in, in that sense, um, especially after the early blow of going behind. I thought it was a really good, strong comeback. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah. Against Northampton, you know, we, I mean, we, you know, as well as me, we don't usually do that well against ten men. So no, it was no, nice we don't, to no. uh, to win at Northampton. But yeah, I suppose you could say, obviously, with the sending off, that did help. But um, now today, I thought we the one thing I did do today, which we haven't done uh, previously, is we defended very, very well. Um, against what was an onslaught, really, in the last, what, 15, 20 minutes from Oxford. Yeah. Obviously, as it always yeah. was going to be. Um, I thought we stood quite firm today. I mean, apart from the uh, the defensive laps that gave the goal to them, I thought we did hold them at bay. And we, we soaked up pressure, Mark, did we, in, in our style, yeah. and then we looked to hit them on the break. Um, the second half was was a long second half. I must admit they they never truly threatened in front of goal, but they seemed to have the ball a lot. It was being passed around with with gay abandon, wasn't it at times? Yeah, I think well, I think um, I mean we didn't speak to Neil Harris after the game. Obviously, he was um, apparently he wasn't well and he shouldn't have really have even been there. Bit like me, mate. Just... Bit, like, bit like me. I, should... <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose I suppose that's the mark of the man, you know. That yeah. he he still turns up and you know. Puts, you know, puts himself at the front and, um, and manages the team. But yeah, Dave Livermore did all the sort of the post-match stuff, but um, he said they expected that from Oxford. You know, they expected them to have large uh, large quantity of the ball um, yep. to use it, but to not really get anywhere with it, which I, is, I, is what happened, in, you know, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, the worked, worked really well. 
it did. I mean, they, they had the ball flying backwards and forwards across the penalty area, but there was no, there weren't many chances for Oxford over the whole ninety. I mean, there's one or two moments where, you know, your heart went a, a little bit of a flutter. But um, I think the game plan did work. We did keep them at bay. It was it was a much more um, solid defensive performance as the game wore on. I think we gained in confidence. Um, you know, obviously the goal was a little bit of um, a throwback to the fragile defensiveness that uh, that, that we've yeah. had of late. That was a disappointing moment. I I, I was really disappointed in the moment of, uh, as that the, the the winger seemed to have just a free run there, Mark, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I think I think it was Webster originally that sort of made a little bit of a mistake and and uh, you know let him go free down the line, but. I know it's easy to blame Tony Craig these days. I, I, I did, mate. I did. <laughs> yeah, we had we had the opinion that he should have, you know, should have come across and at least tried to stop the cross because by the time the bloke had got in the box and he'd come near him, I think he was pretty much in the six yard box anyway. Yeah. So he just had a simple ball across. Sarcher was on the floor and the bloke had the easiest of tasks, you know, and just in just tapping it in. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, that one little lapse there. I thought it was a very strong performance today and we've run out deserved winners. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want to go back to the goal for a moment. I think I think you're right. Um, I, I suppose it, it's been hypercritical in, on the back end of a 2-1 win. It was a good win, a, a difficult place in many respects. Um, we, we just seem to freeze in defence at times, Mark. I think that's probably the, the, the best way I can put it. And and the goal in some ways was was a typical example of... You know, in, in the moment, I compared it to a rabbit being startled by the headlights of the oncoming lorry. You know, yeah. as he, as yeah. as the winger went past uh, Romeo, I think was for, committed further forwards. I think you're right, Webster. Um, Webster was. Uh, I, I can't remember what became of him, but but Craig just seemed to be standing there, frozen in horror at, at what was unfolding, mm. and and it's moments like that. There, there was a couple of other moments where you know they didn't have the same impact in the, during the course of the game, but. Um, I was surprised to see him start today. I'm going to be really honest. I thought this might be the game where Hutchinson steps into the central defensive role that we've we've all been expecting since he signed. Well, I agree with you. In all honesty, I was yeah. surprised when I saw. I was fully expecting. Uh, well, tell a lie. I was fully expecting um, Craig to start, but not a centre half. Yeah, left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Joe Martin would have been the one sacrificed, <clears throat> and Hutchinson would have come in in the middle. Um, so be it. It wasn't that, but you know. Uh, I'd, credit to him I think apart from that mistake for the goal I think he had quite a good game along with most of the back four or all the back four but um, yeah it's, as I say it's very easy to blame Craig these days as you know, as people know but he, he should have done better for the goal he should have done better yeah I think I agree with that. I suppose the logic against that move of bringing Hutchinson in pushing Tony Craig out to the left back and presumably that sends um, you know Shane Ferguson for, further forwards is that there's no space yeah. then for Aidan O'Brien um, and I can see that that would be a dilemma for Neil Harris because, as we saw with the second goal, um, the, the, the decisive goal, as it turned out to be, Aidan O'Brien is a, is a real finisher, isn't he? He's, he's a goal scorer. He may not be a winger, but he's a goal scorer. And I thought that was a well-executed, um, you know, decisive goal to, to put us in front there. Yeah, I mean, O'Brien, O'Brien frustrates me. I'm sure he does with a lot of other people as well. Yeah. Um, the talent's there. You know, you can see the talents there. It was there last season and it, it's been there at times this season. But at times it just it just doesn't seem to happen with him. You know, uh, whether that's a lack of effort or just being out of form, I don't know. But today, yeah, he was on he was on form again. And, and when he's on form, along with Gregory and Morrison, it's like having a third striker on the pitch. 
Yeah, um, there it is. And, and you know, um, and he scored the winning goal. So in the end, he's he's done his job. You know, he's what he's there to do. I suppose it's it's trying to find space within a within a format that doesn't necessarily suit certain players. I mean, Aidan O'Brien is not a winger. I think he is a, a, a striker, um, but there's no space yeah. for him. Clearly, with uh, Steve Morrison, who played brilliantly well today, I felt. And what a goal! What what an equalising goal that was, Mark, wasn't well. it? That came out of a clear blue sky. I didn't see that coming in the moment at all. But a beautifully executed volley to put it to one all. Well, we we said today that you know he's been trying it. And he's been, he's been trying and trying. I think there was one, uh, I think it was Northampton, it landed just on the roof of the net and he yes, tried it against yeah. Oldham, I think, on the yep. opening day as well. He had another go that today. He went yep. over. Yep. And he, uh, he, yeah, he's just had a he's just had a go, sort of, you know, every other game. And uh, we've said, we've always been saying, it's going to come off once, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come off. And luckily it did today, but oh, what a strike. And uh, I mean, I was, I was uh, literally opposite where Millwall fans were up right. in the, the press box, but... I could, I could, uh, I could feel the, uh, I could hear the roar without a doubt from from opposite, but um, I could feel the uh, the relief, let's say, of, of uh, that goal going in as well. Obviously, straight away after they scored, you know, so it was a perfect time to do it. I mean, to score a goal like that at any time is a good time. It's fantastic to do yeah. it straight after, you know, hit straight back was, um, yeah, perfect timing and a perfect goal. Brilliant. I mean, race spirits. You know, collectively uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, um, when Oxford went that goal ahead in the circumstances that they got it, I think there was a there was a few heads that could possibly have dropped if that hadn't have happened. So, yeah, you know that, that's Morrison's um, that's Morrison's beauty, isn't it? He, he's ambitious. He tries things. He will it will never go from the halfway line. He'll he'll, he'll do the unorthodox. It's, it's a quality to his game that's really um, developed as he's as he's in his latter years. It's quite interesting to watch it, Mark, isn't it? Yeah, well, absolutely. I was actually talking to an Oxford fan after the game outside the ground, and and he said, you know, he just said he's uh, from an opposition's point of view. He said he's just he's class, he's brilliant, you know. And I said, well, when we first bought him, he had that just that natural out and out goal scorer, yeah, you know, that raw instinct in front of goal. But I said now, I said he's just a he's a complete footballer. In all honesty, I said, you know, he's got so much more to his game, and I I personally think although he's thirty three now. I think he's getting better. Really he's getting do. better. He's getting better and better. Well, he's, he's adding he's adding strings to his bow, which is always a, it's a lesson for life in itself, isn't it? Um, but yeah. when he when he first came to us, I mean, I can't remember which club he was. It it was non league Stevenage, I think, when he first uh, signed. Yeah, at the time they were conference, I think. Yeah. So he was he was what I would call um, a conventional centre forward, a very good one as it as it as he became under Kenny Jacket. But he was more your conventional centre forward. But as he's got older, and as he's, I suppose, as he's, um, I don't know if he's losing the fear or whatever it is, but he's, he's trying stuff and adding, adding all sorts of subtleties to the game. I think it's a wonderful thing to watch and watch it unfold. And today he was excellent. I felt. Oh yeah, I mean, well, when is when is he not? No, when is he oh, not oh, yeah, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, I agree. He's the kind of player where you know, when when he's not in the team, when he's not playing, it, it's massively noticeable. You know, some players can can drift in and out of the team and they can be replaced but I don't think anyone in this current this current setup or maybe even for another one or two years is going to you know match what Steve Morrison gives to Millwall or really don't no, and it's not like the teams don't give him attention. I mean, Oxford had um, one, certainly one and at times two men on him today. Um, Gregory also. I mean, he had a quiet game up front for me today, uh, Lee Gregory. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, which, you know, will, will happen. 
A player I do want to mention uh, in in the same context as as we've just discussed um, Morrison developing his game. Mark is is Fred. Um, he was a little bit little bit out in the wilderness for for a while, wasn't he? And I must admit, I questioned whether he actually had the um, he had the had ingredients, shall we say, to to you know to develop. And and I think he's answering those questions. I think he's a really improving player, and again, a player willing to try the unusual, which is fantastic to see. He's he's in, becoming inventive, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. We um, you know, I don't know if you remember sort of the Shrewsbury game, the first game of last season. You know, he, yeah. on that day, he looked like. He looked like Ronaldo and Messi rolled into one. You know, he was taking on every, <laughs> taking on all cameras, and we thought, "Oh, blimey, here we go!" You know, we've, we've yeah, got someone we've here got this something. season. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but after sort of what was it, two or you know, three or four games of the season, he, yeah, as you said, he sort of just faded away, you know, into the wilderness. No one sort of remembered him really, and um, I thought, "Oh, well, that's it." You know, we've we've had sort of his his little burst, and, and yeah. we won't see him again now. But no, this last sort of I'd say probably about the last month, probably since about the Warsaw game where he scored, I think. Um, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. And yeah, he looks, especially down the right with Romeo as well now. That's that a nice combination. Like, I mean, yeah. we, we know about Romeo already. Um, we know what, what, you know, what a fine player he is uh, and what we hope he'll become. Um, but it's just interesting to watch Fred develop these little... I don't know if he must be picking this up from Morrison. It's the it's the willingness to try stuff and, and to, you know, to you've almost got to be prepared to fail at times to try this kind of stuff. And he's he's yeah. gaining in confidence. And I, I think it's great to see and it's to be encouraged. I, I want to see more of it as, as, as we go along. Well, yeah, we obviously because I um, do the South London press stuff, you know, we get one player willed out every, after every game to, you know, just do a few... A few, a few words. questions, yeah. post-match interview, except, you know, get a yeah. few words off of them. And today it was Fred, funny okay. enough. And um, he said that, you know, his confidence now, um, with things that he's being told by Neil Harris and Dave Livermore, it's boosting his confidence so much. And through that, you know, his confidence is showing in his play. And um, <clears throat> he said he just wants to carry on as he is. Um, he'd like to add a few more goals and assists to his game, which most attacking players yeah. probably would. Yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. But um, he says he's happy with how he's playing at the moment. I asked him, obviously, you know, would you do prefer, because he's played up front at times this season, he's been on the right at times, yeah, yeah. and so on and so on. He said, as long as I'm playing, I don't really care. You know, as long as I'm playing and helping Millwall, yeah. that'll do. Fantastic. I mean, I, I think he's a really improving player at the moment. And it's also, I mean, it's noticeable the squad seems to be, to have a togetherness that rem- you know reminds me of last season as well. Um, it's starting to yeah. rebuild a little bit. We, we had that poor run. We, we know where, you know, where that took us. Um, but that seems to be a, a thing of the past. We do seem to have turned a corner now, don't Do you agree, Mark? Yeah, hopefully so. Um, I mean, we always, we will always do it. They have one absolute stinker of a period where, you know, we'll just we'll lose games that we shouldn't lose. Um, we, you know, we just lose stupid points. Yeah. And ultimately, well, ultimately, it cost us last season. It cost us automatic promotion. Whether that will happen this year, you know, we'll only know sort of end of April, beginning of May. But um, yeah, we look more of a. I would, in all honesty, I don't think throughout them defeats we looked terrible, but we we are playing a, a lot better now and. Um, and we're showing in the results. And even the Bolton game, I think we played quite well. And uh, I think on another day, we probably would have won that game quite easily. But 
That's yeah. just the way it goes. We're an adrenaline club, Mark, aren't we? We 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 we're either on the roller coaster or we're we're nowhere. We, you know, it's it's <laughs> um it's the only way we can function. And when when the um the adrenaline kicks in, and when the crowd and the and the team start to pull together, you get the likes of Ben Thompson that start to get the uh you know the fire in the belly, and and now we're seeing Fred, and we're seeing the you know the senior players as well. That's when Mill takes hold, and that's when we become twice the team that we are. That when we're under, uh, you know, suffering with the kind of depression, so to speak, that we had recently. It's it's a, it's a strange process to watch. Yeah, another another player I must mention actually, I think deserves a mention is Sean Williams. Um, yeah, I think yeah, this, right. this yeah. season, I think he's been. You know, I think we all know Sean Williams is a quality footballer when he wants to be. Yep. Um, but it just didn't happen last season, you know, sort of the second half of last season. It just, uh, I, you know, I couldn't tell you why that was, but it just didn't happen. But I think this season, I think he deserves to be up there, you know, with the, the Steve Morrisons and the Freds and, and whatever so far. I think he's um, he's providing, you know, sort of the linchpin in the team. It makes, it makes things tick, you know. So I think he deserves a mention as well. Yeah, no, he's he's improved a lot from last season. He has a kind of um, he's he's worst. He's got like a languid style about him where it looks like he don't care. But but I think yeah, he, I think right. he does care, but it just doesn't show. But this season you can't say that about him. I I, I think his work rate has improved. Today he was fantastic in midfield, and we we know about his passing. He's he's the one player in the in the team that can pick his pass and weight it correctly, and that's that's a real yeah. attribute. So I, I make you right. Who would you pick out as your man of the match today for you for you, Mark? Um, I think there was a choice of a few, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I'd you know, agree. Fred and Romeo down the right, they linked up well together, but as individuals, they played well as well. Um, I think Williams, Williams had a good game. I think Morrison was outstanding. Uh, if I had to pick one, I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably say Fred, because I think he was involved in a lot of our play. Um, you know, he, he contributed in a way towards the two goals. But yeah. I think you could, you could choose from, Five or six of that, I'd say. But if if you had had to ask for one, I'd probably go Fred. I think I'd agree with that. I, I, I chose Fred in my in my um, piece earlier on. Um, I started off with Morrison for obvious reasons, and then I decided to change my mind and went for Fred because I, I just admire a, a player that can kind of take hold of the situation and 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 almost reinvent himself and I'm, I'm that's what I'm seeing with Fred at the moment so mm, absolutely I, yeah. I, I take my hat off to that um good performance today by the whole team I think you, you're right I think there was half a dozen choices really but um the usual suspects up front but Fred I think for me was um the standout today and also want to mention Ben Thompson who put himself around quite nicely in midfield it, it produces an energy and a vibe in that midfield that um when it's not there it's missed isn't it Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, when when does Ben Thompson not put in 100%, you know? But, um, yeah, today, yeah, i say he's another one you could have mentioned. Just it was just, a, it was just a good team performance, you know? It was one of them performances where when you go away from home, it's what you want to see, you know? Backs, backs were to the wall a little bit, um, especially in the second half. But the team stood firm and they put in a good team performance. And as I said, you know, grabbed the deserved win. It's, it's strange the change of atmosphere, Mark, because I mean, I'm just looking at the league table as we as we close out. Um, we are what three points off of the sixth spot, the playoff spot now. Yeah. Um, and we're looking upwards. Um, we're actually only five points off of um, relegation still, but we're not looking downwards anymore, are we? It's a it's a change in um, attitude. I, suddenly the team is is looking up and, and and in the right direction, and the the you know the kind of moments where we're looking at the, at the bottom of the table now suddenly. Um, you know, nowhere in sight. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we've, I think 
people might have to realise we're still in that kind of t- stage of the season where, although we've got going, there's, there's still a long, long way to go. You know, we, I think when things get to around Christmas time, um, I think, you know, Christmas, New Year, if, you, if you're still in, let's say, I don't know, the bottom eight or something at that point, then maybe start worrying. But, you yeah. know, we've only got to look at Barnsley last season. They were bottom at Christmas and they ended up beating us in the playoff final. Yeah. So you've only got to string together a few results, as we've done. And, and you know, all of a sudden, you instead of thinking about League Two next season, you're now looking at possible yeah. playoffs again. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic turnaround, but let's obviously just hope we can continue it now. Fingers crossed. Uh, we've got a couple of um, kind of cup matches ahead of us now. We've got a Friday night fixture, I think, next Friday, isn't it? at home to, to South yes, End. South End, yeah. FA Cup first run. That'll be... A I suppose that'll be an empty, empty, half-empty den. I think that, I don't know if the whole stadium will be open for that one, but um, it might, may or may not be. And then we've got the checker trade, I think, on the following Tuesday, which I think is away at Luton, Mark, isn't it? It's, it's not. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. a couple of difficult games to to negotiate. Next league game is Bristol, twelfth uh, of November, I think, if, if memory serves. Um, so a little bit of a break from league action for the moment with two. Um, em- empty but difficult games to get through. I mean, I suppose you wouldn't put much emphasis on checker trade, but the FA Cup would be a nice one to to get through, wouldn't it? A, a cup run would certainly give a buzz to the club. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, know, I don't know about you or anyone else, but to me, the FA Cup, bar the league, is is the be all and end all. Absolutely, you know, I, yeah. I want us I want us yeah. to progress as far as possible in the FA Cup. And um, all right, it's not the greatest of draws, South End at home, but. It's a chance, I suppose, to get through to round two, and it's Progress, a chance to yeah. maybe yeah, get a little bit of revenge on them, you know, for that yeah. awful league defeat a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, it won't it won't be the greatest of games, atmospheres, you know, attendances probably. But at, well, when, when we made the FA Cup final, we started against Walsall at home in round three, and that was a low key atmosphere. And look where we ended up. So. You know, if you want to get far in these competitions, you've got to win these types of games. I'm admiring your positivity, Mark. Well done, mate. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Appreciate your time tonight, mate. Appreciate it. No and problem, um, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, we'll catch up soon. Achtung, Mailball. Welcome back after the break, dear listener. Welcome to our Sunday morning review of the internet's take on yesterday's proceedings at Oxford. Writing on the House of Fun, um, Gunner Brian Gambrill writes that it was a battling performance yesterday all over the pitch. Some good substitutions, he says, replacing knackered players with more defensive subs to hold on to the lead. He didn't think Oxford were a bad side. Uh, I think you're right there, Gunner. I thought they were an okay side, actually. They, they probably lacked a little bit up front. Um, and the gunner says how they really pressure players on the ball, moving the ball, they move the ball well. But despite all that pressure, we defended well, apart from an awful first goal. It was an awful first goal. A great strike from Steve Morrison and a well-placed effort from Aidan O'Brien when the ball broke loose to him in the box. Now, the gunner says things are looking up, similar to what uh, Mark and I were just saying. The ref, the ref wasn't bent, which is always a, always an advantage when the ref isn't totally bent. Um, but the centre back for Oxford was wrestling Morrison every encounter. Um, good play from Williams. I think I think um, the Gunners right to pick Williams out there. Um, one of Fred's best games, and Gregory missed a one on one. And as as the Gunner finishes, he says it was great support from the Mill fans, but there was a ridiculous police presence, including a helicopter. 
uh, he had a nice day out and got free parking next to the ground. I didn't use the car park. I parked in a space just a little bit down the road. I'd heard horror stories from last season of it taking an hour to get out of the car park. Um, within the ground, there's pictures on the internet of the catering on in a way stand caged akin to something you might get at Alcatraz or somewhere like that. Apparently there were incidents last season. I don't know about those incidents. I'm not sure I totally believe them. But um, Oxford went into full metal jacket mode yesterday and had the catering kiosks caged with just a, a raised hatch where your food comes out as you get in Alcatraz or Rikers Island or some such. Typical Millwall away day in that sense. Stefan Meinerhofer on, on Twitter says that was a terrific three points yesterday, especially coming from 1-0 down. He wonders if uh, Michael Appleton sneering at Harris's direct style fired up the lines. Could it could be, Stefan. Omar Ronane can't complain going forwards for Millwall, but it's the same old story defensively. No, we're not going to get anywhere with these lapses in defence, says Omar. Back to the house of fun, and we've got Firewall, who was a guest on the show a few weeks back. Um, Steve Morrison's arrow dryer from the left side to the penalty area. Hit the top corner of the opposite side of the goal. This strike seemed to fire wall to be almost out of annoyance with us just going behind. And he had, brings a real attitude. He leads the team more than anyone else on the pitch. Um, arrogance, determination and just a fuck-offness, as Firewall puts it. Just sheer fuck-offness. Great expression. He describes it as an I ain't having it part of his game and he assumes it's part of his personality. I think it is. Steve does have a certain streak within him. And as Firewall says rightly, he is at Millwall through and through. And in other news, uh, midweek we had another article published on the Guardian website by our friend in the media, Barney Roney, um, sports journalist, I think senior sports journalist on the Guardian, so um, a major journalist, regarding the ongoing scandal, let's use the word scandal, that is the Lewisham Council's association with Renewal, the regeneration company, trying to uh, revamp South Bermondsey at the expense of Millwall Football Club and its land, of course. Now, Barney reports that um, he's got his hands on a Freedom of Information Obtained document from Lewisham. They've, they've dragged it out two and a half years to actually releasing this information. It's a, a Price Waterhouse Coopers report, an accountant's report, on the project itself and the, the idea of it having to have due diligence, which for those that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, is where any major project takes place, any major event of a public nature. There, there must be um, some research done by the, 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 the public body, in this case Lewisham Council, into the company that wants to um, use, use public powers in our situation to, to its own advantage. Uh, there must be some due diligence, there must be some background checking and research into their, who they are, their motivations and what the, what the fuck they're up to. Now, what do you know? There's not an awful lot of information in this uh, Price Waterhouse PwC report, Price Waterhouse Coopers report. Um, and as I say, surprise, surprise, Barney refers to a lack of clarity regarding the the access of that Lewisham have had to the management and ownership of the renewal company. The the report rates it closer to none than good. Large chunks of this report is what they call redacted, where it's actually blacked out. Anyone who's ever seen a report of this kind where it's been redacted is where you have anything that they deem is commercially sensitive, in other words, giving away information that, that, that you know uh, might have a financial impact on them. They don't have to give you that. They can black that out. They can redact it. But despite redactions, redi despite large chunks of the report being blacked out, 
there's enough information in there to show that there's not been it's been it's been pretty poorly um, the the due diligence as you might put it has been poorly done. Uh, as Barney points out in his report, it's a great report. It's on the Guardian's website. You can you can access it from the uh, CBL magazine Twitter feed. And he asks the question: Why Lewisham Council are so intent on selling Millwall's leased land, our car park area, to these particular offshore developers, these myster- mysterious offshore developers? And as he puts it himself, that remains a mystery. That's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Uh, the council says it has received greater clarity on renewals working through subsequent drafts of the report. So it says, do we believe that? Well, I think you should uh, You should not trust anyone to do with the Lewisham cabinet. They all seem like charlatans. I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw them, to be absolutely blunt. One interesting new name to throw into the mix... We've obviously all been bombarding the the various councillors on the uh, on the committee uh, with our with our thoughts and our suggestions, but a new name to throw into the mix here is Lewisham's chief executive Barry Quirk, who was also a chief exec when Mushtaq Malik, the owner of uh, or the the lead name of Renewal, shall we say, um, Quirk and Malik were on, the, on Lewisham Council in the nineteen nineties. This thing is massively intertwined. Everyone seems to know everyone. It's, it's incestuous to kind of hillbilly country levels. The council says that their chief executive, Barry Quirk, uh, the council says our chief executive has no professional connection and no shared interests with Mushtaq Malik since he left the council in 1995. It just happens to pop up on a major multi-million, billion-pound scheme under the same local authority as Barry Quirk, with whom he worked in 1995, but absolutely no connection. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. We do have some friends within the council, and I want to particularly name-check Councillor Alan Hall, who's quoted in Barney's report as being as saying that Mill are not being included in the plans. They are a famous, they are a famous, thriving sporting institution in the area. For over 100 years, up until recently, Lewisham have worked closely with Millwall, and now that important relationship is being badly undermined by a spectacular mishandling of the whole project. I want to thank um, Alan Hall. He's one of our our friends. He's on the the Public Scrutiny Committee. Done a lot of fantastic work in Millwall's and the club's favour. So, um, well done, Alan. Uh, we, we, We see who our friends are. We see who aren't. And finally, um, I went online this week at last to give a little bit of an update about the fate of CBL magazine. I left my heart, Coldblow Lane magazine. Um, as many of you, you listeners may or may not, you might not be readers, you might not give a shit, I don't know. Um, but we haven't done a, a, an edition this season. Um, I will be quite honest, I've struggled to get it going this season. Um, our last one would have been number 22, which was published towards the end of last season. Um, so I went online just to say that probably um, I'm probably going to call it quits for the magazine, certainly for this season. Um, next season, I, I don't know. I Probably not, if I'm going to be absolutely frank with you. Um, the reasons behind it are, are not football related, although we've not had a great season um, you know, to start off with. That, that isn't anything to do with this. It is the, the sheer amount of effort involved in writing and producing the magazine, and then to be absolutely blunt, the, the actual sheer physicality of selling it on a on a on a Saturday. Um, there's a lot involved in in producing a, a, a fanzine, and I've been very proud of what we've done with with CBL uh, since it started in in 2012. 
Um, it was a, it was a successor to No One Likes Us, of course, um, which I was involved with involved with from two thousand and nine. Um, that fell into um, what should we call it? it uh, intraband disputes, a bit like what happens with Guns and Roses or um, I don't know the Beatles or something, you know, where everyone finishes up um, not talking to each other. So No One Likes Us finished in 2012 for various reasons, which we won't go into. And then I started up to uh, CBL as a successor magazine from there onwards. Uh, we've done a lot of good work with CBL over the years, a lot of money generated for charity. I'm very proud of the products. I'm very um, privileged to have worked with some great writers, uh, designers, uh, designer Neil, Neil Andrews, writers like uh, Don Bone, Crazy Horse himself, of course, and many others. So it's been a real privilege to to be able to do it. I think I've just run out of energy. Um, maybe there's a touch of uh, writer's block this year. I don't know. I haven't really got, got myself writing again. I've got a few other bits and pieces going on in, in wider life. So um, for that reason, I've decided to just be open and say we're probably not going to do any more editions of the fanzine this season and probably not next season. I, th- I think that's probably fair fair to say. A lot of um, very, very, very kind comments published online on Twitter and on the House of Fun. Really appreciated. Um, it's, it's, it's really quite touching to know that people appreciated what we did and that we meant something to um, to so many people. So um, certainly this show will continue. I'm enjoying doing the, the, the podcast. It doesn't mean that I'm standing around in the in the heat, the cold, the wind, the rain on a, on a Saturday, trying to actually sell products. Um, so I'm not going to miss that part of it, if I'm going to be quite honest. I will miss the contact with a lot of people that we had standing at the gates. But there we are. The the big wheel keeps on turning as um, Credence Clearwater Revival and Leonard Skinner once sang. So there we are. That's, the, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. And I'm not going away with some dirty northern punch to spit all over me. These spits are me. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.